Hello, listeners. I've been very fortunate to have Jordan Lott interning with Onward Upward this year. One of the tasks I added to her to-do list was creating a list of potential interviewees for the show. When we talked about this particular guest, I could sense some excitement. The guest works in healthcare, and that is also an interest for Jordan. So for today's episode, I turned over the mic. Jordan has done a wonderful job interning with me this year, and she also did a wonderful job guest hosting for the podcast. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I did. Without further ado, Onward Upward's first guest-hosted episode, Jordan Lott's Chat with Maureen Richmond, Vice President for Integrated Communications for Bon Secours Mercy Health. Enjoy! Welcome Onward Upward listeners. My name is Jordan Lott. I'm a senior at Purdue studying marketing and communication. I'm taking over for Josh today, and on the line, I'm excited to be joined by Maureen Richmond. Maureen is the Vice President of Integrated Communications at Bon Secours Mercy Health in Ohio. How are you today, Maureen? Hi, I'm doing fine. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you for joining me. So your career path has taken you across so many different industries. Could you walk me along your path? Absolutely. I oftentimes tell students or people who are interested in going into communications that this is probably the best career choice that a person could make. You have the opportunity to work in a variety of different industries, doing a host of different things, which keeps each day exciting. You never know what you're going to see when you come in at the beginning of the day. Um, And I've certainly worked in a, a variety of industries where we've seen all kinds of things. So I actually got started in Indianapolis, which is my hometown. I worked for a large insurance company there and did their company magazine for several years. And that was a great opportunity. I had the opportunity to talk and do speech writing for our CEO. Um, I did the editorial calendar and a lot of writing, uh, working with subject matter experts, et cetera, for the magazine. And then over the course of a couple of years, opened up our broker dealer and had the opportunity to work with a, a wide variety of different leaders within the company. I moved from insurance to dot-com when that was new and exciting, which makes me sound like I'm a thousand years old when the internet was new. Uh, But dot-coms were very popular and uh, popped up all the time. And that working for this particular company was a great experience for me because it allowed me to see and experience significant company growth while staying at the same desk. So we actually started in someone's backyard as a sourcing company and an IT package implementation firm. And then over the course of four plus years, we were acquired several times. In fact, you could probably fan out uh, uh, many of the business cards from that four years because we changed names often. But we were acquired uh, by a statewide organization, then a regional company, national, and then international. So it was really a great opportunity to experience that type of company growth. And I actually worked in marketing while there. So putting together a lot of the marketing elements, uh, one sheets, the website, et cetera, for that type of growing and expanding organization. I left IT, the world of IT, and actually went into entertainment and served as the spokesperson for Kings Island, which is the largest seasonal theme park in the world with 3 million guests a year. So that was a great opportunity. And when it comes to really getting my feet wet in public relations and crisis communications, I couldn't have asked for a better 
a better organization to work with. We had a couple of incidents there, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, which allowed me to understand media relations when they're camped out right in front of your organization for a week at a time and uh, really serve as the face of an organization. And then actually moved from entertainment to transportation for many years. Um, equally as exciting. Great stories there for Greyhound and first student school buses. And then had a foray here into healthcare. And I've been here for about five and a half years, which has been great. Awesome. So how do you know that it's time to change the next job? Well, that's a great question, actually. Um, for me personally, it's been a very opportunistic and really networking and meeting new people, sensing opportunities that are there. And uh, for me, it's been the opportunity to try new things. Uh, it's been the opportunity to grow professionally, whether that's through new uh, new responsibilities or being a supervisor or then a, a supervisor of many and then a supervisor of a department. So it, personally, it's allowed me to grow and network exponentially, which has really led to a lot of job creation. Yeah, I can imagine. And all of these different experiences, too, can help build your career, making you more versatile and marketable. I, I think you're right. And if there's one thing I would encourage students or individuals to do, it's to network, to join the Public Relations Student Society of America, which is, of course, Public Relations Society of America post-graduation, or there's a wide variety of other organizations that one can participate in. But you never know who you're going to meet, and there's a lot of great volunteer opportunities associated with those groups, which allows you then to meet leaders in different industries and identify opportunities for you personally. So are you a part of any of these groups now? I am. I've been a member of the Public Relations Society of America since graduation. I was actively involved in PRSSA on campus, served as chapter president at Purdue, and then kept that membership. You get a great deal right when you graduate, uh, coming in as a, a new graduate member, and just use that as an opportunity to network, get really involved with the chapters, both in Indianapolis and then here in Cincinnati as well. And that's been a great experience for me personally. So you touched a little a bit on crisis communication. Um, could you tell maybe some of the stories about that? Absolutely. I went to Kings Island to serve as the spokesperson for the theme park, which was an exciting opportunity because growing up in Indianapolis, that was my home park. And so to be able to advance that and talk about new attractions, new things that are going on at the park was so exciting and just a, a really really fun way to be engaged in something so entertaining. And um, there, I will not say that there is no shortage of opportunities to be at the park when you work at a theme park. Um, certainly as the face of the park, I was very close to it about 30 minutes away at any time the park was open because if anything were to happen, then I would need to be there to serve as the spokesperson for the park. While I was there, um, we did have a number of different incidents. Most notably, we had a roller coaster accident on our Son of Beast roller coaster, now defunct. And that drew some international attention to Kings Island, uh, not in a positive way like we would like for record-breaking coasters and exciting water parks, et cetera, but for a more negative slant. That I had never had experience in crisis communication prior to that. 
And it was definitely a trial by fire, but a great one. And I realized that that is something that I'm very energized by. It's very exciting to me. And so now in my current role, we prepare for a wide variety of things. And I often joke that half of what I do, probably three quarters of what I do, never sees the light of day. And I like it that way. But we prepare hope for the best, and nine times out of ten, it's the latter. Um, but crisis communication is um, something that requires a great deal of attention to detail. It involves and requires a clear head and your, the ability to think on one's feet and to react with confidence and with strategic counsel in difficult situations. So in the healthcare industry, because of the nature of the field, how do you react when new laws come through, especially whenever they're controversial? Right. We have a government, a government relations team and an advocacy team here at Bon Secours Mercy Health that are wonderful friends of our department. They're great partners to us, and they often bring to us issues that are on the horizon that we may want to be engaged in. As the lar- one of the top five largest Catholic healthcare providers in the country and among the top 20 largest systems in the nation, we're actually an international organization. So when issues come up, whether they're political in nature or they're divisive, we need to really think through the implications and who are the stakeholder groups that we need to address. How do we want to address those? And what's the most important line of messaging that we'll want to put forth? Oftentimes, for some of those regulatory issues, we don't take a stance. You know, we either continue to monitor that or uh, we remain kind of Switzerland neutral um, because we there are a lot of issues, as you can imagine, and certainly we're not going to take stance on each one of those or it would be very divisive. So we need to think through those audiences and uh, what this means for our health system and for our patients. So is there a similar strategy for um, like outbreaks of disease? I know the coronavirus is a big concern right now. So how do you Uh control the conversation around an outbreak like that? Absolutely. Um, You know, when you think about outbreaks and the coronavirus, because that's certainly in the news a lot recently. I was actually just talking to my sons last evening. They were concerned. Are you, you know, do you have any exposure to the coronavirus? And I reminded them that, you know, the flu is, this is probably one of the most significant years in recent times for the flu. And the precautions are very similar for both of those. And in fact, five years ago, when we were preparing for the Ebola virus, again, precautions are very similar. Uh, good hand hygiene, wearing masks as, as applicable, seeing your physician, limiting contact, etc. So we follow the CDC guidelines every day um, when it comes to personal protective equipment. And for something like the coronavirus, we would look to those outside organizations to provide guidance for our clinicians. And then from a communications perspective, um, we have communication plan templates in place for outbreaks and and that type of thing and a very cadenced communication cascade that we would use in the event of outbreak or just informational type things. Um, On my team, there's a, a wide variety of folks who serve as public relations officers for their markets or geographic locations. We share information widely because, again, for things like this, your precautionary measures are often very similar. And so we can get some great media coverage on just here's what to do to keep yourself safe on an average Tuesday, let alone with a, something that could become more significant. So going back to your time at Purdue, 
whenever you were a couple months out from graduation, like I am now, did you yeah. anticipate like doing like what you're doing after graduation? Like what, what was your dream job? That's a great question. I remember being in your shoes, Jordan, and um, I, one of my most vivid memories of those shoes, um, I was a, a member of my mortarboard class, and we had a breakfast where we brought in the new class right under us, and as outgoing seniors, we got to stand up in front of you know the auditorium and talk about what we were doing after graduation, and I didn't know what I was going to do after graduation. So we've got you know the top civil engineer in my class, you know, you've got someone who's going to work for the White House, someone's going to go be a doctor, and the communications person is like, hmm, I don't know, uh, you know, so we got to use those communication spin skills a little bit at that breakfast, but uh, I think, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, that I had a dream job. I really enjoyed uh, my time at Purdue so very much, enjoyed being active on campus, uh, and enjoyed the contacts and the opportunities that were afforded me as a member of PRSSA. So knew that I wanted to stay in communications, but to what end, I wasn't 100% sure. And in fact, right after graduation, I took another internship. I lived at home and uh, interned at a health system in Indianapolis, which here we go, full circle. Um, but that was, for me, a perfect step because I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. Um, my dad was encouraging me to continue with education, you know, maybe get a master's, but I wasn't sure in what, you know, so doing and I had had a couple of internship opportunities while at Purdue and being able to go home and live at home and work full time at a place that treated me exactly like a full time employee. You know, I was an intern, but I was given real projects and um, treated as a valued member of the team. We had an agreement that I would stay at that uh, at that hospital for at least four months, the duration of the internship. And in turn, my supervisor would help me network in Indianapolis and help me with my resume and other things. And that was a great a great way to kind of ease in to working and again, start that networking process in a new city in Indianapolis, um, which resulted in meeting someone at the insurance company who frankly was looking for someone with significantly more experience, but it was, um, we hit it off and I think it was the right person at the right time for both of us. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Most students in my position, like you're in college, you go, you're an engineer because you want to be an engineer and then you go into communications right. and you're like, I can do all of these things that right. whenever you're 21 years old, it's really hard to say, this is what I'm going to do with my life. So <laughs> For the having, rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. A lot of years left. So having even just the <laughs> four months that everyone knows this is the end date, getting more of that experience is really good. Really good point. So do you yeah, think it was, a, that was, it was a great opportunity and I would encourage folks not to shy away from that. It feels like you need, you must have all the answers immediately and a job immediately upon graduation and, you know, an apartment or all, all the things. Um, that's not always the case and it works out okay. Yeah. So for students looking for an entry level position, uh, maybe in the healthcare field, um, yeah. what skills do people look for? I think for someone coming in new to a communications role generally, um, I, would I would look at the hiring manager for several things. One, uh, when I receive your resume and cover letter, 
um, I need it to not have errors. It needs to be error-free. If you're working in communications or if you're working on my current team here at Bon Secours Mercy Health, we're doing a variety of newsletters. We're writing executive-level communications for our CEO um, of a $10 billion healthcare organization and other equivalent uh, executives. Um, we're doing one-pagers that are going to be at the state house. I, I can't have errors. I need folks to be really focused on, um, it doesn't have to be perfection, but it better be pretty darn close. So when you're writing your resume and cover letter, um, double check it. Have someone else look at that and help you prepare those materials appropriately. Um, certainly, I, I would look for someone to be a good writer, someone who could communicate across a variety of levels. So at any given day, we're interacting with uh, folks within the building, we're interacting with our CEO, we're interacting with politicians, physicians, etc. Um, have a professional demeanor and a confident demeanor without being over the top in that confidence. Um, I often also say that I can teach you I can teach you how to do your job, but I can't teach you how to get along. So having a positive attitude, be willing to do a variety of things. You know, you're coming in at an entry level job and sometimes the work is going to be fairly you know, entry level, and that should be expected. But it's the experience that you're gaining and the opportunities to network within the organization and outside, which will really help you to propel yourself. And just being able to take on extra stuff with a smile is really appreciated and very much valued. Would you say that most employers expect a graduate degree immediately? Or is that something that you can go back after being in the industry for a while to kind of figure out what you want to focus in? Absolutely. I, I would not expect that immediately. I don't have a graduate degree. I have a bachelor's in communications. Um, I thought about going back for my MBA. Um, and if I were to get an advanced degree, that's what I would select. So I don't think that that is something that is ever expected, um, at least in my opinion. I think it's a value add for a candidate and it brings new skills to our department, which I think are fantastic. Um, but if you would have asked me 20 years ago, I might have chosen something else. But I think in the position I'm currently in, I would choose an, an MBA. Okay, thank you. Um, so what do you think students can do during their undergrad to prepare for a career in healthcare? I think to prepare for a career in communications as a whole, I would encourage involvement on campus, uh, taking leadership roles or getting engaged in organizations that teaches, again, leadership. It's great communications. It's how to get along with people who don't always think the same way you do or look at the world in the same way that you do. I would encourage involvement in professional organizations, if possible, again, PRSSA or equivalent, depending on uh, the area that you're looking to get in. Um, and, you know, pay attention in classes, too. I, the classes are very important, and Purdue prepared me very well for this career, but it was the networking and the outside involvement in campus, which really helped me as a person develop into a leader. Do you think you would be where you are today if you went to a smaller school than Purdue? Well, that's, that's hard to say, but I think that 
I am where I am today because of Purdue. I loved my time at Purdue. It prepared me very well for my career. It, the big school atmosphere afforded opportunities that I don't think you're able to find at a, a smaller school. And again, I haven't gone to one, so maybe you can. But um, in my opinion, having 40,000 students opens you up to all kinds of different viewpoints, um, all different ways of looking at the world. The uh, opportunities on campus, whether it be through activities or clubs or, you know, Greek organizations or where you live in the residence halls, you're just meeting new people. You're learning how to adapt to new folks um, from different states, different countries, uh, different backgrounds. And that's, you just can't, you can't put a price on that. To me, that's a huge, a huge plus for Purdue. Yeah, I definitely agree uh, with everything that you just said there. Um, so, um, for students on the hunt for their first full-time job, what's your advice? I think it's networking, 100% networking. Um, it's super easy to live behind the cloak of darkness and just apply for a million jobs online or post your resume on the sites and assume you're done there. But it really is the personal connections and it, it is dumb as it sounds, it is who you know. And being able to network with folks, being able to, um, again, meet new people and have different experiences and shake hands and maybe do some free work at organizations in town and that type of thing, it will um, pay off many benefits in the long run. And so I would, I would definitely use your time to network. Okay, that's great advice. Uh, so what types of jobs are out there? Um, whenever you're going through LinkedIn, the job search, what titles mm -hmm. should we be looking for? Oh, good question. Um, when I'm thinking like when I would post jobs and we've had some in recent times, um, internal communications is something that you might look for, especially if you're looking to talk directly to associates within an organization. So our internal communications team does our associate newsletters. Um, they do a lot of communication planning for internal clients to help supply chain or our mission group or HR, et cetera, help think through what are some of their communications challenges and how can we meet those via existing channels. We also do a lot of webcasts for our leaders. Um, so that might be something to look for too. External relations, public relations, executive communications. Those are all areas that I would encourage um, folks to look at. And then if you're more digitally savvy or digitally minded, um, within our marketing department at Bon Secours Mercy Health, we have a huge digital component. And um, those are not necessarily folks just programming. They're doing social media. They're doing customer service for us. They're doing a lot of monitoring, media monitoring to determine what's being said about us in social. And they flag a great deal of things for me so that we can start to see trends and understand that data and what works best in social or on the web to attract patients into our system. Okay, awesome. Uh, so going back to your career, what would you say is the most rewarding moment for you? Well, that's a great question. I, to me, as a supervisor, one of the most rewarding things is to see teammates succeed, um, especially when individuals are new to our team and to see them take on greater responsibility, uh, be promoted within the organization, even if they're switching to a different department, but have increased responsibility. I take great pride in that. I think that's 
super exciting. And one of the main things as a, a supervisor within a department, one of my main goals is to help the team de uh, develop. I would like a whole team of people who, you know, are better than I am. And um, eventually they're going to leave me to get amazing jobs. And I feel like each opportunity is a preparation for what's next for you as a professional. I mean, it's, it's pretty rare that individuals, it happens, but it's pretty rare that you're going to stay in one job your entire career. You're either going to take on different responsibilities within the same organization, or maybe you'll change jobs and take on more responsibility there or different responsibility. And to me, that's incredibly rewarding to watch teammates develop and grow and take on great responsibility and really succeed in Excel. Yeah, that's a great answer. You definitely sound like a communicator there. <laughs> Oh, it's years of practice. <laughs> but it's true. And it makes, I hope it doesn't sound hokey because it's really, I really feel that way. I've worked with a lot of, I, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of really great supervisors. Um, and so I've learned great skills from them, and uh, which has been a huge plus for me personally. And now as someone who has a, a pretty good sized team, that, that's pretty awesome when I can watch folks come into you know, an entry-level role and advance to be a manager or um, a director and come up and say, you know what, Maureen, that's probably not the best thing to do. Why don't we try this? Yes, let's. I don't, I don't want my idea to be the best idea. It's probably not. I don't care who comes up with it, but let's make sure it's the best. And I'm excited when people do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so is there anything else that you'd like to offer listeners in terms of advice? Well, I would definitely reiterate uh, to listeners and to students that uh, it's so important to network. You know, I would encourage anyone if, uh, and I'll provide my contact information to you, Jordan, um, I'd be happy to have anyone reach out at any time. Um, I love to have coffee and just get to know folks. And if you're in the Cincinnati area, we could meet in person or on the phone. But I just think it's really important to to develop that network. Um, again, it allows you to grow personally and professionally, but then when the time is right, it allows you to meet people that you want to bring into that network or into your organization, which is awesome. And, uh, and it continues from there. So don't miss an opportunity to shake someone's hand and get to know them a little bit. It, um, it's just a great opportunity for you. All right. Well, I want to take a moment again to thank you for joining me. Um, I think this has been extremely useful for myself and hopefully to our listeners. Um, so I, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you. And Boiler Up, I have to say to everyone, yay. As always, I really appreciate you listening to Onward Upward. It's a project that I'm really passionate about, and I hope it's making a positive impact in your academic and career planning. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, check out the Lamb School social media, where you'll find information on new episodes or complimentary content uh, via Facebook, Twitter, all of those good channels. Um, if you ever have feedback or you'd like to connect with me, my name is Joshua Dexter Weens, and that's J-D-E-X-T-E-R at Purdue.edu, and I would be glad to hear that feedback or chat with you uh, via email. So I hope you have a great day, and boiler up.